Welcome to the Boardman Podcast. I'm your host, Dryden Robinson. Join me as we dive into the world of hoops, analyzing the latest NBA action, discussing player performances, and exploring the storylines that make the game so captivating. Joining me weekly will be a rotating panel of fans just like you. So whether you're a diehard fan or just starting your basketball journey, get ready to elevate your knowledge and appreciation for the game. I hope you enjoy the Boardman Podcast. Coming up next is part one of the pilot episode of the Boardman Podcast. Joining me all the way from Colorado is Warriors enthusiast Sethi B and his twin brother, Phoenix follower Chris B. We talk some NBA playoffs, a little recap of recent series, and a round of what should they do next for some of our favorite teams. Welcome to the first episode, the pilot episode of the Boardman Podcast. Um, Seth, Chris, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm excited to talk some hoops and just kind of recap on what's been going on with these playoffs. Um, First of all, what do you guys think? What what has surprised you the most? What do you think has been... Uh, do you think you could have predicted any of this right from the start? Uh, Chris, you want to go first? What, what, what's been your thoughts on the entirety of the playoffs so far? Yeah, man. So I made a bracket right at the beginning of the playoffs. And, I mean, we're not even close. <laughs> <to what happens. laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I had the Knicks beating the Heat out pretty early, but mm. obviously that's not the case. So I'm very surprised by the Heat. I didn't think they'd make it this far. Um, and, um, I used to live in Phoenix and so I thought the Suns would take it. That's my biased opinion. Um, but Jokic is a beast. The Nuggets are a beast. And so I'm not very surprised by them making it, but I think we got a pretty good series coming up and, uh, it's going to be a battle. So that's exciting. Yeah, very true. I think that Knicks team... I, I thought at the beginning of the playoffs that that Knicks-Cavs series was going to be, like, the most intense one out of, out of like, all of the beginning playoff series. Um, I thought Knicks-Cavs was going to be, like, a seven-game series and easily the most entertaining, and then the Knicks won in, like, five games. And so I kind of thought that they were going to beat the Heat, too, but um, they didn't, obviously – and I think to your point, that Phoenix team looks really good. Um, I still wish that the uh, the Clippers had had like a, a healthy team to play yeah. the Suns because I think that would have been right. really entertaining. Uh, watching, you know, if Paul George had been out there, if Kawhi didn't get hurt, um, you know, of course, there's all those crazy people out there calling for Kawhi's retirement and stuff, like <laughs> saying that that dude can't can't stay on the court but like I feel like people whenever somebody's hurt people forget how good somebody is um but I I think that was my biggest regret was like feeling like like they they have (laughs) Russell Westbrook on the floor like like, getting like 30 points against Durant (laughs) and it still doesn't matter you know so 100 percent yeah but Seth what about you what do you think has been for you what's been the most intense what's been the, the the biggest surprise for you uh well i'd say you know a lot of the beginning of the playoffs wasn't a huge surprise i think a lot of uh 
you know, the teams and the matchups. It made sense to me, you know. Uh, one thing that was a surprise that was shocking to me is the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. Like, yeah. we haven't seen that in years, you know, growing up and just, like, seeing the playoffs. Like, the Kings, you know, came out and they showed up. I mean, they did put up a fight against the Warriors, so that was pretty impressive. Um, but as far as, like, the first round went, I think a lot of it wasn't too surprising. I mean, if you look, I guess, like, the Bucks, you know, getting blown out by the Heat, that's pretty surprising. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and very disappointing, you know. You, like, that shouldn't be happening at all. Um to, to a championship team and so uh that was surprising um everything else i think outside of the first round uh like uh the second round especially i think we saw a lot of uh, surprising things happen and so um especially with like the lakers uh you know destroying the warriors you know we, yeah. didn't, we didn't really think it would be that much uh of a i don't know if they got destroyed but <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean like you know the weren't the warriors the uh, their last game they were home right um yeah because they won in six yeah. and so they were in golden state yeah yeah dude you're in golden yeah. state you got steph curry you know clay thompson didn't show up to the game but you know <laughs> you shouldn't be losing that game <laughs> at all they yeah. shouldn't uh, that game but i mean six games isn't a blowout either though you know Oh, for yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. Six games is a decent amount. I feel like that's a really good series. Like seven, I think shows both both teams are just fighting. Um, six is a good series. I think five is kind of where you start to border on like, yeah, these guys didn't even put up a fight because that's like four <laughs> games to <laughs> one. You know, four yeah. games to two still isn't wonderful, but obviously it's the first to four, so um, it's hard to hard to argue that. I did want to throw a couple, um, you know, looking back at the season, at the Warriors season especially, um, I wanted to throw throw this bone your way, Seth. Um, the, the Warriors, I feel like, were never the same after Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I feel like they put on a good face. And obviously, like you said, when you have Steph Curry, when Clay Thompson decides to show up, like – it's hard to beat anybody, you know, especially those three guys. We've been watching them for, you know, more than a decade now, like do what they do. And so um, I think that it's hard to beat the three of those guys, Draymond, Clay, Steph, like when they're all clicking together. But uh, for some reason, I feel like that punch like really messed up the chemistry that they had. And you can go back, like even just in these playoffs and watch videos of like, like fan videos you know that like uh, Jordan Poole like on the sideline and like him and Draymond are screaming at each other Steph's like screaming at Poole like I feel like uh <laughs> there's that meme a while back uh I can't remember um oh it was it was uh, uh this season like um LeBron was on the bench and someone took a picture of him just like mad dogging Westbrook like during <laughs> during some play, like when Westbrook was still at the Lakers, yeah. and they put that side by side with this photo of um, Steph looking at Jordan Poole, and <laughs> they said like same energy. So I just wonder if you feel like, do you feel like, uh, and obviously Andrew Wiggins went like MIA for like the entire season. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. and obviously they said that there was stuff like with his family's health at home and stuff. So I'm not not putting anything out there as far as like why he was gone, but like it does mess with chemistry. And so do you think like as a as an avid Warriors fan, like do you feel like they actually were like as good as 
like, do you feel like they actually could have uh, won the title this year? Or do you think it was more just like uh, they had a good run, but there wasn't really a shot? Uh, well, I think uh, obviously chemistry and basketball is super important, you know, and that, like you see that with like the Warriors, like dream team, you know, the chemistry they had uh, when they were winning championships, um, you know, and, and that season when Kevin Durant joined the team, their chemistry changed. Right. And I think that affected their their gameplay, even with Kevin Durant being the, the player that he is uh, with Jordan Poole. Well, one, I think he's a joke, you know, but <laughs> like this guy doesn't Uh, know anything he's doing and and he thinks he's a part of this like dream team you know and so uh it's one thing when you have someone like kevin durant joining the golden state warriors and kind of mixing up the chemistry and they're gonna have to like adjust and change a little bit and they can win a little more like in in a different way than they were before but when you put someone like jordan Poole on the team who's now messing up the chemistry much worse than kevin durant did uh, who's not an all-star player and who isn't putting up the numbers that he should be, that he thinks he should be putting up, uh, then you're really just going to screw up the whole team. You know, it's like, it's like if you got a splinter in your hand, you know, it's noticeable, you know, you just got that one guy on the team that really just messed up everything. And, and he's not even a decent ball player to, to really uh, add to the Warriors. So I think that really messed up what the Warriors had going. And like, and, and to prove that the Warriors really could have taken the title this year, if you look at Steph Curry and the way that he played, you know, he's putting up huge numbers. Uh, like we were seeing some games where Steph Curry was playing like his 2016 season. Like, you know, he it's not like he's done. You know, he's definitely showing up. And so I think we got to look at the underlying problem with Jordan Poole and like what's going on with Draymond Green and stuff like that. And uh, that's the problem that the Warriors are having. It's it's nothing to do with their veteran players, but, but people like uh, Jordan Poole who show up and just kind of mess things up. Like, that's yeah, that's my I, thought, my I, opinion. You on can't, that. I, I think Jordan Poole is a decent player. I think he showed up like 50% of the time when it came to the playoffs. Like there were certain games where he was splashing threes where when Clay wasn't, you know. Um, and so I mean there's some credit there. I think definitely the punch kind of changed a lot. It's kind of like going to work with somebody you don't want to go to work with. So that yeah. kind of can suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, but I mean, there's talk about, you know, Draymond Green possibly having to get traded or something this offseason. Um, and so I, I would say that Draymond should stay. But, um, but I'm not sure if that's entirely his choice or not. Um, but the way the Warriors work is it's those three, and then they have people around them. And when they were winning championships, they had great people around them. And then when they're not winning championships, they have bad people around them. So... I think a solid team at the beginning of the playoffs. I thought they were the 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 team that the would be the hardest to beat in in the West. Um, uh, now looking at the playoffs, I think obviously the Nuggets earned it that they're the hardest team to beat. But uh, but they're solid. I think they just need to change up some of their extra players besides the main core. Yeah, uh, kind of an interesting t- statistic. Um... Jordan Poole's points per game have gone down every playoff series uh, since last year. So even though they won the title last mm-hmm. year, um, even in even in those even in last year's playoff run, his points per game went down every single series uh, from the first round last year until this year. And mm-hmm. the problem I think that the Warriors are running into is that they just paid uh, Jordan Poole a ton of money. <laughs> 
and um, he's under contract uh, for a while. But Draymond Green can be a free agent this year, this summer, um, if he opts out of his deal. Um, and it could it's, this is kind of his last chance, I think, to get a lot of money somewhere. Um, the Warriors president just stepped down. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, but and he's kind of the one that made this all happen. But I do think it's hard when um, when you have somebody like Draymond that is so vital to like the soul of the team and the chemistry of the team, but he is getting old. And so I think like Chris said, like Jordan Poole is young. He's a good he's a he is good on offense right now. He's been declining a little bit in the postseason. But I think a lot of that is just it's kind of stemming from uh, the the Draymond thing. I don't think he wants to be in a place where he's going to go to work and people hate him. Um, that's just kind of a difficult environment. Um, so I think uh, I want to play it, not like a little game, but just uh, pose a question. And it's um, it's uh, what do they do? Where do they go now? Um, and so uh, I want to ask that question to both of you about the Warriors. Um, do you sign Draymond? Because I don't know if you can keep both of them. I haven't looked at the salary cap numbers but I feel like it's kind of a, even without the money being an issue, I think it's one or the other at this point. So do you sign Draymond again um, if he opts out? Um, you know, he says he wants to retire as a warrior, wants to wear a warrior's jersey his whole career. So do you sign him, look for trades for pool, or do you, um, do you rebuild and just – let him walk and hope that pool improves. What do you think? Uh, Draymond, I think if Draymond gets traded and he's not on the Warriors anymore, I think that that Warriors or dynasty is over. Like that, that run of, of what they had, I think it's going to end uh, if he's gone. Um, so I would sign him if, if they can. I would sign them. And then, um, I mean, if, if they have to keep pool, then so be it. Maybe, you know, work something out, you know. You know, just make up, you know, kiss and make up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, get over it. Yeah. So, I think that's the way to go if the Warriors want to keep winning championships because I still think that they have some in them. Like, they they could still bust some more championships out there. So, they have opportunities there, but I just don't see it happening with, if Draymond's gone. Yeah, I'd actually agree with that. I think, uh, like, if Draymond's gone, there's going to be a complete rebuild for the Warriors. Uh, and it's all going to be rebuilt around Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Uh, and they'll have to get a bunch of young guys going. And I think that'll take a couple seasons before the Warriors can get back to being like a contending team, you know, in the playoffs, uh, which might not be a bad idea for the future of the Warriors. Uh, but if they want to like, keep staying in the playoffs, they want to like uh, keep shooting for that championship for the, the short term. I think keeping Draymond Green would be very important and very vital. To, to make the mind happen. too that that Draymond is one of the best players to play with Steph. Like Draymond will have an open three pointer and he'll give it to Steph regardless because he knows that even if Steph is covered, he has a higher chance of making that three pointer. You know, so like he just he knows the chemistry with the core and he just knows how to work with those other players. So, yep, that's true. I'm kind of the same way. I feel like uh, Draymond's too important to like what they've been doing um obviously he's one of the, just one of those classic cases where like the stat sheet doesn't really show what he does to a game and for a game so I think that that's difficult um 
I would trade pool, honestly. Uh, watching him in that Lakers game, uh, in that Lakers series, like um, I didn't watch every game that the Warriors had with the, the Kings, but watching him in that Lakers series, I just watched him. You know, he thought he was Steph. Like he was taking shots from like 40 feet out and um, shots that could have like won them a game. There was one, I think, where the – the Warriors only lost by a couple points and he had a sh- like a chance to tie the game and he bricked this three pointer from like 10 feet beyond <laughs> the line. So uh, I just don't think that he's like, I think he can be good. Um, and maybe he would be good somewhere else where he feels supported and he, you know, is willing to listen to a coach. But I think right now he was this young dude from Michigan that was kind of a, you know, came out of the G league and uh, was kind of a phenomenon and, people were like, oh, dang, who's this Jordan Poole guy? And I think watching Steph, being around Steph, maybe got to his head. I don't know. Uh, feeling like, yeah, and I think that's how a lot of younger guys play. You know, you kind of live and die by the three in the NBA now. So I think that he just kind of thought he was that guy, and he isn't. Uh, doesn't mean he can't be, but I don't think he's there yet. So um, the next one is um, what did the – where do the Lakers go from here? Um, LeBron obviously dangled retirement, but reports came out, said he's coming back for his 21st season. So he's going to be his 21st season. He's turning 39 years old. He just averaged like 25 points a game at 38. And they obviously, they almost, you know, uh, they went to the Western conference finals. They made all those trades at the deadline. They got these guys around him now. Um, the one problem though that I'm seeing is that the Lakers don't have a point guard <laughs> and Le- LeBron can't run the point anymore. Uh, he's probably one of the smartest basketball players ever. Uh, we saw what he did in Cleveland, but, uh, with some of those garbage teams and being able to basically play every position, but now he's too old to be bringing the ball up the floor every single time. Um, I just don't think he has the energy to do that. Um, and D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, is good, but he's like Jordan Poole. Like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not, like Jordan Poole. <laughs> he's not it. And so um, I really liked um, Dennis Schroeder. He was awesome in those games against the Warriors. But, um, like, where do you – where do the Lakers find a point guard? There were reports that said that they were looking at Trey Young – which I think is a horrible decision. <laughs> um, he doesn't play any defense. I don't think he'd fit well with LeBron. Kyrie's going to be a free agent, is a free agent right now, but he's made every team he's been on worse since he left LeBron. And so as good as Kyrie is, I think that you run into a million problems. It's like John Morant, you know, you run into a million problems with, um, you know, the just PR and what the public thinks. And he's always, he's always saying crazy things that get him fined or suspended or like, you know, and so uh, as good as Kyrie is, do you think it's worth bringing someone like Kyrie or um, Trey Young to LA when they have such solid role players around LeBron or would you, would you shop for somebody else? Um Someone said like Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors is going to be available. Um, where would yeah. you go for a point guard right There's now? There's some decent options. I think I think with the Lakers, I think Kyrie would probably be your best option <laughs> because um, he's played with LeBron before. He knows how LeBron works. 
Um, and so he has made other teams worse. Like the Mavericks, I'm extremely surprised how that played out this season. Um, but I think putting him back with LeBron and with some chemistry that he's used to, that could be something that could help him and help the team. So I think that's their best bet. I want to bring Trey Young on. He just he he belongs in Atlanta. So I'll keep it up. <laughs> so. I'd say uh I mean Kyrie Irving would be interesting. I think Kyrie Kyrie would have to change his mindset. He'd probably have to humble himself a little bit if he went to the Lakers. Uh and and realize that he needs to be that secondary player again, like he was in, in uh Cleveland. Um so I don't think that would happen. I think uh I think what they should do is get rid of Russell Westbrook and try to find some trades that they can get for him. Uh because obviously on the now. So he is on the Clippers got... now. Oh, they haven't uh they got rid of him already? Yeah, thankfully. But <laughs> okay. they have a bunch of guys they have a bunch of guys like D'Angelo Russell that are still gonna be under contract that they can look for trades, um, or they could package some of their young guys. Um, I think, but yeah, Anthony. <laughs> I don't. A lot of people give him. I think he's overrated <laughs> to some extent. I think he can be a great player, but I think his health sucks, and he's out a lot. Um, but I think he would be very effective if you could put another center or another power forward up there with him to help right. on that defense, help help in the in the. Uh, in the middle there so I think some help would be great in the center version and then if you got a point guard as well then the Lakers be looking really well and LeBron he's coming back to make it seem like he wasn't it's kind of like a publicity stunt trying to get some viewers to look at him or something I don't know but (laughs) but he's coming back and he puts up great numbers all season long gives AD some help down low and a good point guard running up and, and I think they're a solid team yeah, yeah, I I think we saw what could happen when Anthony Davis is healthy, right? But that's always right. the question. Is LeBron basically played through the entire postseason with a torn tendon, and so, um, that's that's one problem, unfortunately. I don't think they could. I don't think they could add another All Star to the team and and be uh you know able to perform the way that they should. I think what they should do is get some like young guys, uh, some young like a big guy, a point guard, someone that's young, new and fresh to the league. Uh, and I think if they did that, then they would do really well. Um, so whatever they got to do to trade for that, but I think that's the best bet, the best bet for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the last team that I wanted to focus on was the Celtics. Um, Obviously, just went seven games against the Heat. Almost became the first team in history to come back from down 3-0 in a series. They won three straight. um, And then Jason Tatum gets hurt in the first quarter. And that pretty much screwed them for the rest of the game. Um, But they have a rookie head coach who has not done good this year. Uh, doesn't really know, uh, at least seem to be aware. I'm sure he's a good coach, sure he's a good guy, but it's hard to be thrown into a team that has championship-level expectations and be a rookie head coach. Um, so uh, they have a rookie head coach that they have to decide whether they want to bring back or not. They have Jalen Brown, who, since he made the All-NBA team, is eligible for a Supermax this year. But if they did that, they would be paying two wings, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like $50 million a year each. 
So, do you want two guys, two wings that are going to be making that much money, second sucking that much money uh, away from your team, or or not? So they got to decide if they want to trade Jalen Brown. And there's a couple of interesting trade options for that um, that I want to run through real quick. And the first one is actually to the Warriors. Um, my thought was trading Jalen Brown to the Warriors for Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and maybe, you know, a pick or two or some other guys. Um, but I think that solves kind of the competition between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like whose team is this? Who's the better guy? Um, kind of gives Jason Tatum the freedom to, do what he wants and be the star player while also having Andrew Wiggins who can defend and play the wing spot. Um, and then that gives the Warriors gets rid of pool, um, you know, and they still keep their kind of core intact. Um, but it adds Jalen Brown, a guy who's incredible, you know, obviously knows it's Steph's team, but somebody that's young that they can build around, say if clay leaves next year at the end of his deal, or if Draymond leaves this year, um what do you guys think about that trade um that first trade option uh i think uh my personal opinion is that the celtics shouldn't do anything i don't think they should trade i don't think they should they should stick with what they got i mean look about how far they come like they they beat a three seed 76ers who had the mvp on their team right and then they almost made history coming back and just you know beating the heat who the heat are a very good team as well so, you know, like the Celtics have something good for them. I think there are some things they need to fix, uh, but that's easy to like. I think they have easy fixes they can do in the offseason. They just got to work better with their coach. They got to work better uh, with their chemistry with the team and what they have. But, you know, to have two great players like that on the team, I think uh, shouldn't go to waste. And I think they should uh, keep pushing um, with, with what they have. I, I completely agree with that, actually. Because I think the Celtics just run back, come back next season, you have a chance. The Heat were just, they're just on a mission. And so I don't know, they're just on another level. And so I don't, I don't think you can use that as like a, oh, the Celtics, they lost to an eight seed, you know, but I think it's totally different. Um, and, and Jason Tatum is still young, you know, he's still young, he still has a lot to learn. And I think he's going to keep growing and learning. Uh, same with the head coach. I think he's going to learn. I think if you did that trade with the Warriors, that the Warriors would benefit a lot. That would be a great trade for the Warriors. Um, but I, I think the Celtics, if they did that trade, they would be all right. They'd be a playoff team. Um, but I think they're great now, and I think if they get back, they still have a great shot. Um, so That's fair. I, I've that. actually been in the, uh, the trade Jalen Brown camp for a minute. Um <laughs> I think he's incredible. I just think that at some point they're there. And I think it's been happening for like a little bit on a small scale, but I think at some point it's going to come to a head, like whether this team is his or Jason Tatum's. And I think that could be a problem eventually. Um, but they have done really well together. And the thing that I have to keep in mind is that uh, Jalen Brown, I don't know how old he is. Um, let me see here real quick. Jalen Brown is... 26 and Jason Tatum is 25 and they've been to four Eastern conference finals already, um, right. which is nuts um, for how young they are. Usually statistically you look back in history, NBA, NBA players peak at like 27, 28. 
uh lebron won his first title then um pretty much every good play in history you look back and that those are the statistically the best seasons of their career um and when around when they win their first title is 27 28 29 they've been in the league for you know um a few years maybe closing in on like 10 years um so they kind of hit their stride but these guys have already been to the eastern conference finals four times as uh 26 and 25 years old and so i do think there's a very good case to be made for keeping them um i just think that you get into the kind of the ego game um a little bit uh down the road but then also uh the money game um there if they pay jalen brown they're not going to have any money to pay anybody else and the the new uh collective bargaining agreement is really strict um as to how much money you can spend uh on a team and how much money you end up um getting fined with if you go over your allotment um so i'd be interested to see if they do resign him who they're going to put around him um or around both of them um because a lot of their pieces are older uh marcus smart and al horford are old old dudes <laughs> um the yeah. nba speaking and so uh that would be my only concern is uh do they have if they sign jalen brown do they have the opportunity to uh, you know keep a promise to him and and deliver on uh a good roster for a championship but they've been they've been to the finals they've been to the eastern conference finals four times so i think that they definitely would have a good shot next year if they if they wanted to run it back. Thank you for listening to part one of our pilot episode. Be on the lookout for part two dropping Saturday evening where Seth, Chris, and myself will be back in the saddle to discuss what another ring for the Miami Heat would look like, the Nuggets first finals, and where Jokic ranks all time among classic big men, as well as our game one reactions for the NBA finals. We'll see you then.